0: Time once again for Second Helping, the first choice among podcasts for fans and followers of the number one league in all of collegiate athletics, that league, of course, the Southeastern Conference. It is a Wednesday, April the 13th, 2022. I am Travis Ryer, Senior Analyst for Bama Online.com, part of the 247sports.com network, joined as always by the co-host of Second Helping. The one, the only Brent Beard, a longtime college football analyst and voter in the race for the Heisman Trophy. Brent, of course, working with First Coast News these days down in Jacksonville, Florida. Speaking of which, we'll have some Florida Gator football talk coming up here in just a little bit. But all things Southeastern Conference here on the show, Brent. And we've got some spring. Football game action now. More of it, I guess. Missouri went ahead and got it knocked out right right after Christmas, it (laughs) seems like. But uh, three more spring games over the weekend. I'm sure you enjoyed those.
1: Yep, yep. It was uh, Auburn and Texas A&M and Kentucky. Uh, And and I I know we sound like a broken record with this, but people – need to be aware that if you want to watch the games, it is SEC Network Plus, uh, which means it will be streaming. I'm going to be very interested, Trav, to see the reaction from people uh, to uh, the streaming. I know the network's trying to push it, but I'm wondering if they're going to get pushback uh, I mean, look, I, I was in a restaurant the other day. The waiter was an SEC fan. I mentioned the streaming situation <laughs> to him. Trav, Trav, here's his reply. He said, look, man, I can't do this streaming stuff. I'll just watch the replay on the SEC network. And, uh, and look, we know it's coming and we know how important it is, but we also know Um, uh, And of course Pops was in this category too uh, That some people don't like it, they don't understand it And uh, there's going to be a transition, uh, is it not uh, Between spring games and certainly during the season
0: Yeah, I think the saving grace for some folks, you mentioned it The replays will be available on the SEC network I saw some of those in the days following Saturday's action around the league but you know 30 years ago or so i can vividly recall a duke north carolina basketball game (laughs) airing on this new network this new subsidiary of espn espn 2 that's right wow you were gonna have to have espn 2 To watch North Carolina Duke about 30 years ago, and people just were not happy. Sports fans were up in arms, but uh, we got through it. We pushed through it. I think we're going to go through the same thing with streaming, and, you know, one way or another, you're going to be able to consume your college football. And look, right now, in April, people like the person you spoke with about the topic— Yeah, there's not the urgency because it is a spring football game. But let us get to the point where this is the fall at some point down the road. Absolutely. Uh, It'll be amazing how resourceful folks will become and uh, receptive to technology. But we did have the action, uh, as Brent mentioned, Texas A&M, Kentucky. Boy, Kentucky, it looked like they might get snowed out there for a minute. Yeah, really did. In in just about (laughs) mid-April. Uh, Up in Lexington, frigid conditions up there for the Wildcats in their spring game. Auburn, certainly some interest there, although the quarterback situation, the quarterback competition that maybe you anticipated for the A-Day in Auburn didn't quite live up to it because of unavailability uh, for one of those primary candidates. But, man, certainly no lack of candidates in College Station behind center uh, with with that race, Brent. Boy,
1: uh, and who knows, really? How that's going to come out uh, right now, but yeah, and and they had a. Trev, my understanding is, uh, and Fisher mentioned this. Uh, you may have seen this. They had a wind uh, throughout that game that was. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I, I'm not going to say it's hurricane like, be dramatic, but but it was, uh, frankly, substantial uh, in that game, and and really the, the quarterback numbers made it look that way too. I mean, Haynes King, 11 of 33 for 130. uh, And then uh, you've got a situation with Max Johnson, not much better at 13 of 31. Connor Wigman at 7 of 19. So again, we can't do a whole lot with those numbers, uh, frankly, but uh, that's kind of what you got from the quarterbacks. Uh, Evan Stewart did a good job as uh, uh, really, a receiver that is on his way up. He was the offensive MVP for the uh, uh, spring. So look for him and Anaya Smith uh, you're going Gogolo that too. We know about the defensive line. Uh, they've lost a lot of guys: McKinley Jackson, Darius Jones, uh, and guys like that. But the reality is, uh, they're go- they're going to be stout at uh, in- this point. But Trev, again, uh, we see some <laughs> we see some aggy um, comparisons between Jimbo's record at this point at, at College Station and Kevin Sumlin, and they're dead on at the same. So uh, again, as good as they are with the perspective that they've got and the prospects they've got, it's kind of why well, I've got to see it to believe it among a lot of fan bases.
0: Yeah, I think there's still that sentiment. You look at some of the, I guess, early win total over-unders that are coming out of Vegas, and uh, you you don't see A&M maybe with as high a number as you would expect, uh, given the the talent that Jimbo has now accumulated there uh, in College Station. But that quarterback situation is going to be fascinating to watch play out throughout the summer and into fall camp because – For me, it's hard to imagine all three of those guys still being there once the season gets underway, because I think you've got three starter power, five starter caliber guys. And, you know, I like Haynes King. I think he brings something different with his athleticism and his legs, but I don't know if it's enough to offset the passing acumen of, say, Max Johnson and certainly Connor Wigman, who I still believe in the not-too-distant future is going to be the future of that position. Yes. The five-star recruit, early enrollee, uh, didn't play baseball uh, this spring at A&M to focus on football, and uh, they're in a good spot. And you mentioned Evan Stewart, a highly coveted recruit, uh, is, is looks to be living up to – expectations at this point in his career and still got a nice Smith there at the wide receiver position. No, uh, Devon, a chain in the spring game on Saturday, I guess he was running track. Yeah. Uh, he's a world-class sprinter, obviously. Yeah. So a lot to consider there at A&M, but a lot of it positive. And, and I think you hit on it though. Wait and see approach being taken still by a lot of folks with the Aggies for the 2022 season. What about Auburn? In that quarterback situation, sounds like it was a pretty good day for TJ Finley, Robbie Ashford, the uh, the Oregon transfer, returning to the state of Alabama previously from Hoover High School. What was the sense you got from that uh, that group coming out of the uh, spring game at Auburn?
1: Uh, the senses from consensus from uh, Auburn Meat Riders was Robbie Ashford had the better day. Uh, coming from Oregon, as we talked last week, um, I mean, he he was a heralded recruit, but frankly, really didn't do anything at Oregon. It wasn't there long enough. 12 of 16 for 132. T.J. Finley, 11 of 19 for 137. And Holden uh, Gerringer was 9 of 11. Uh, but I think that was mainly against probably the, the, the twos and the threes. Uh, and, and look, the, the, and you said it last week, The main cog here is, and then the thing that was fascinating, uh, and they've really got to do this, Tank Bigsby was the center of the offense. They they showcased a little bit uh, some different formations, a little bit different approach, a little more design rollouts for Finley, for instance. Uh, But, Trav, the bottom line is where Tank Bigsby goes, I think really goes with this football team and they were throwing the ball a little bit more to him out of the backfield. So it will be interesting. Will that not what they're going to be doing with him in the fall.
0: No doubt. And he is a guy that has to have 20 plus touches. against game. Yes. I think for not only that Auburn offense to maximize its potential, but as you said, that football team in general, because you know it's going to be a defense that I still expect to be, fairly stout they've got some key pieces to replace up front they do have a couple of uh, guys on the edge uh, that they feel good about the linebacker positions in pretty good shape but yeah still some things to figure out on the defensive side of the ball so that's even an area where big can prove beneficial to the auburn tigers and you know it seems like it's been a multi-year thing now too at the wide receiver spot right yes. trying to figure out yes. who the playmakers are going to be there
1: uh they've been woefully inadequate and even the uh, uh some of the beat writers that we've talked to over the last week uh have really questioned uh and I thought this was interesting uh uh out loud uh, frankly, the talent for that bunch overall, in uh, in the in the lack of skills that some of them have got, but but you're right. I mean that is that has been a a position uh, that that has been woeful for them. Also, the offensive line uh, has been struggling. So, Trev, I, I think the bottom line too for Brian Harson is it it will be a busy next few days and in a couple of weeks. Before May 1, I think for them, as far as uh, the transfer portal, and can they get a couple of plug-and-play guys uh, to to maybe help them
0: out in those positions? No doubt about it. We talk about some of the early win totals that are out there. I think Auburn, I saw, listed with five by Vegas. I mean, five, five and a half. I mean, tell me how that's going to sell if that comes to fruition there. Uh, down on the plane. So let's talk about Kentucky a little bit. And from the sounds of it, Brent, about what you would expect from the guys, you would expect it from on the offensive side of the ball for Mark Stoops' team in its final practice of spring drills.
1: Uh, Will Levis uh, really, I think, overall had a uh, had a good spring. Now. They've got some other guys that, that we'll talk about in, in some detail later. Bo Allen is a uh, is a youngster that they've liked uh, from the time they recruited him. Deuce Hogan, these are some names our listeners may not be real familiar with, but uh, they know they've only got Will Levis for so much longer. So they're trying to build uh, some depth, new offensive coordinator coming over from the uh, uh, 49ers. Uh, Rich uh, Scangelo, who has done a pretty good job with them, that we can see uh, so far. Uh, They know what Chris Rodriguez uh, can do, Um, so he was kind of limited, but, but Levis, seven of eight, 98-yard touchdown passes to Rich Rodriguez, uh, Dane Key. I think they're fairly pleased with this, but as you said, uh, and this is something they won't get into in September, temperatures in the mid-30s, Travis, some snow flurries had had a lot to do with uh, who was in the stands and also how they was affected on the field.
0: Yeah, it didn't exactly feel like uh, Labor Day weekend. To kick off the football season up in Lexington, on saturday so kentucky in the books auburn in the books texas a&m in the books now and you mentioned this in relation to auburn and the transfer portal market and how there's gonna be this secondary wave following spring practice that we pretty much anticipate now moving forward and that's been a Topic certainly for the two teams in the SEC that played for the national championship back in January up in Indianapolis is emphasis on the offensive line. Although for Alabama, its departures of late, anyway, have had more to do with receiver types. Uh, but Georgia, with a couple of offensive linemen going in the portal, and Alabama going to the portal to secure. Tyler Steen, the former, uh, excuse me, former Vanderbilt standout. and Steen, when you think about the needs for this Alabama offensive line right now, that's a move that makes a lot of sense.
1: It really does. 6'5", um, 315. He has uh, started or certainly uh, contributed to 33 games. I mean, that's uh, a lot of experience um, in the league Uh, And uh, Alabama people, and uh, you've certainly written about it, uh, have said that if Steen is in there, what that kind of does to go ahead and flesh out the rest of that uh, offensive line, uh, which is going to be very important Uh, in speaking of. Uh, I'm, uh, and I, I'm curious what you're hearing too. Eric Wolford, who comes over from Kentucky, uh, has really gotten some rave reviews, from what I've understood at this point. Uh, the, the group like him, uh, and he's, he's helped them a lot. And certainly they're not done, are they, Trav? Uh, a lot mentioned about Tyler Harrell. From Louisville, that is a speecher, six foot 197, uh, well thought of. So, uh, Alabama with A Day that's coming up, uh, backup quarterback, offensive line, even with a lot of guys who are out. uh, Certainly, a lot of these transfer, Jameer Gibbs, people want to see what he can do. So, uh, look, uh, Alabama fan or not, uh, if you're watching this game, there are a lot of guys of interest to be looking for uh, over that four quarters and Brad Denny on Saturday.
0: Yeah, you combine those transfers, Gibbs, Burton, Ricks, uh, and then the early enrollees, too, at the skill yes. position spots. Yes. So you're going to want to check out guys like Aaron Anderson, maybe Kendrick Law. Uh, At those receiver spots And you know it is It's a situation where on Saturday At Bryant-Denny Stadium You expect Bryce Young Jalen Milrow Ty Simpson to be under fire A good bit because of guys Like Will Anderson and Dallas Turner And Chris Braswell uh, At the edge defender spots On the other side of the ball So pass protection And just the integrity Of the scrimmage in general could be impacted by whether or not the Alabama offense has any success dealing with those (laughs) outside pass rushers and uh, guys that can really get after the quarterback like we mentioned. So with Georgia, these latest departures, uh, certainly Amarius Mims, you talk about highly coveted recruits in the last couple of cycles he's been at the top of that list clay webb a center interior offensive lineman from the anniston alabama area as i recall brent was also a highly coveted guy but um what what was sort of the the factors that you're hearing about that that have gone into this is it depth is the are the bulldogs uh you know so quality laden up front that uh uh, that they were there were going to be some moves, some guys looking to move on from the program, and maybe could it have something to do with the coaching change there on the offensive line?
1: I think it's all of the above uh, in the story, in the articles that we've seen about Webb. For instance, uh, the uh, a real key sentence in here, Travis Webb was unable to earn first team reps during spring practice. Yeah, two two seasons of eligibility remaining.
0: Yeah. At this point in his career, uh, if you're not a first team guy and let's say you are pretty much a center, right? You're not yeah, viewed yes. as a swing right. guy or a guy that can cross train between center and guard, or maybe even kick out the tackle. Uh, you know, that you're, you're pretty much locked in there. And so that would make some sense. Mims is interesting though, because he, is. I mean, he, he is. has just pretty much gotten to, to Athens. So um, I know he played in some games last season, but still very, very, very early on in his career. And he was a guy that I know Alabama was very much in on as well. So I think the market probably going to be a little kinder to Marius yeah. Mims than say oh, yeah. Clay Webb. Boy,
1: uh, Travis, what about it's Six, seven, 300 and 85 inch wingspan. Crazy. Uh, that that is, and and if you've got some athleticism to go, to go along with that, uh, uh, I would imagine he'll have a long list of suitors who are interested in uh, him paying them a visit sometime. And and uh, but again, uh, the the thing that we need to, to to say again is, Trav, this May one deadline is really important because if you're going to be on a roster for 2022, you've got to have that said and done. And and, and listen, what complicates this to me is uh, for in the SEC, LSU and Ole Miss uh, and Tennessee all have uh, the latest spring game on the 23rd uh so and i'm sure a lot of these guys have maybe already made up their mind uh but but travis there's not going to be a lot of time between that spring game and when some of these guys are going to make a decision
0: well and i think you hit on it i think there's already some back channeling that's been done no question uh, in a lot of these situations uh I, i don't think it's well, I'm gonna jump in the portal and see what's out there not yeah, for the not right. for the coveted guys there are plenty of guys unfortunately that do take the you know I'm gonna jump into the ocean without a lifeboat and see if I can get to the beach you know too many uh, there's still too many of those instances out there but for guys that are going to have a strong place in the market uh, I, I think a lot of that has already taken place you're right though that last week in April coming up you know, that's going to be a busy, busy week, you would think. And you, know, you talk about Georgia, that's one spring game you won't have to stream this Saturday, right? That's, that's gonna right. Be ESPN2 yeah. for G Day. And yeah. Uh, yeah. sounds like a lot of the same things we've been wondering about this Georgia team, more so on the offensive side, uh, continue to be in play, although they're getting some consistency, it sounds like, out of Lad McConkey at the wide receiver yeah. position and Brock Bowers out for the spring. We know what he's going to bring to that offense when the when the when the time comes, and um, you know Stetson Bennett, what a luxury to have a 24 year old, six year oh, senior yeah. quarterback uh, for a team that. You know, I think in terms of identity, probably not going to change a whole lot from last year to this next season.
1: No, but I'll tell you some interesting things about this spring game will be guys like Carson Beck, right? Uh, as far as in that backup quarterback position, uh, he has been uh, very impressive during the spring. Now, look, he's not going to be the starter. We know that, but uh, since minute uh, this is it for him. Uh, and some of these guys, it's going to be very interesting to see where Um, uh, Beck and Vandergrift And uh, and these backups And what they're going to be able to do Uh, Also Trev, have you heard as much about Jalen Carter As I have uh, About the, uh, could be the next Star on that defensive line Uh, Yeah, he's a first
0: round guy For next uh, year uh,
1: Trev, I uh, I heard this week If Carter could come out this year He would be drafted this year
0: Oh yeah, he'd be a potential first rounder this year just based on upside but yeah i think consistency is is more of what clubs want to see from him Correct. along the lines of what wyatt produced last year and davis and some of those guys so no this is absolutely carter's opportunity to shine and barring injury it's hard to envision him not being perhaps even a top 10 pick in the yeah. 2023 nfl draft speaking of georgia and one of its primary rivals. Interesting that Florida going to uh, have its orange and blue game on Thursday, tomorrow night, April the 14th. Again, that's an SEC Network Plus broadcast. Uh, quarterback situation there, too, that we're going to be interested in, although this is a team really at a number of spots, uh, you know, has uh, considerable work to continue to do.
1: Well, I'm going to be very interested to see how, how uh, disciplined this team is uh, with the time they've had under Napier. Now, now look, there, there are going to be a lot of uh, question marks about this team. I mean, receiver uh, is one of those. Uh, is for uh, Justin so- uh, Shorter, uh, Henderson back, Whittemore, mm-hmm. uh, the, those are guys who can make uh, somewhat of a difference I believe, with this, too, and they decided they wanted to have their spring game on Thursday night and kind of be the only game in town uh, in the SEC, so that might really pay off for them. As Travis mentioned, the quarterback situation, how much work will Anthony Richardson get, the Miller kid from o- Ohio State, I think is going to be fascinating uh, in a lot of ways. But again, I keep harping on this. And, and, and Gator fans need to be aware of it. Those first two games with Utah and Kentucky, I mean, I'm much more concerned, Trav, about their line of scrimmage. And are they going to be ready for the physicality with those two games? Uh, I, I, I think that's as important, and we belabor the point here a little bit, uh, frankly, overall, uh, is uh, these skill positions for the Gators, too.
0: Yeah, I guess Arkansas uh, on Saturday—not a spring game from the traditional sense, Brent, but right. just more of a scrimmage. Yeah, is what we're going to see from Sam Pittman's team.
1: Yeah, Garth Brooks again uh, <laughs> <laughs> taking the spotlight there, Trav. So wonder, wonder, I wonder if uh, Sam and the coaching staff will be at the uh, uh, will be at the concert for that. But uh, I mean, with this, with the scrimmage. I mean, there are guys like Jaden Hasselwood, the transfer from Oklahoma uh, that they want to take more look at. And, and Trev, a very familiar name uh, to SEC fans, particularly Alabama fans, what's one Drew Sanders going to look like with this team, too?
0: Yeah, he uh, should be a very nice addition there uh, at the linebacker level. we got a couple of departures, I guess, for Arkansas so can very much see Drew Sanders fitting into that Barry Odom defense quite nicely. Uh, a guy who can rush the passer, a guy who can defend the run, uh, a guy who can drop into coverage and do a, a good job. So I think Drew Sanders is going to fit in just fine with that Arkansas defense. Now, you know, we've got some other situations around the SEC. Mississippi State uh, also set for its spring game on Saturday. Uh, Will Rogers coming off a huge year at the quarterback yes. position, but I know they, they like a young quarterback that they have in Starkville these days right now too.
1: Yeah. Sawyer Robertson is, is a guy who has been playing well, 6'4-210. Uh, so I, I think they're pretty well impressed with him. Austin Williams, uh, senior wide receiver is another guy, uh, that they like kind of a quiet spring, uh, in Starkville. I think Mike Leach probably likes that uh, before he goes down what? Trav to the Keys <laughs> for, for a few weeks of vacay after spring ball I would guess uh, all in all but uh, it, quietly again uh, there is um, uh, some uh, a little bit in the media that could this state team Travis be better than we think it could be
0: yeah, I think even defensively, that may yes. be where we're not quite expecting enough of Mississippi State right. for those that are outside of the program looking uh, from the outside in. But they do have some some uh, some guys to replace on that side of the ball. Uh, but they also return a, a lot of production from a year ago. So a pretty good situation for Mississippi State defensively, first and foremost. And then, of course, knowing what you got in the quarterback position with Will Rogers, Uh, South Carolina Saturday night, spring game. That should be interesting. Uh, I would say that there are some newcomers to that program that people (laughs) will have an interest in checking out.
1: I I think there's as much intrigue and confidence uh, in them right now as there is anybody in the East.
0: Which is Uh, scary. It it is. It seems like traditionally – other than a year or two under Spurrier, whenever there's expectations of oh, South Carolina, absolutely. it seems absolutely. to go the other way. And when there's nothing expected of them, like last season, they end up winning a bowl game.
1: Uh, well, here's a stat that, 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 that I wanted to chew on for just a minute, and I thought this was interesting. They've got they've got Spencer Rattler from Oklahoma. They've also got maybe, maybe some guys who can stretch the field and Antoine Wells and Corey Rutger. But the status is um, uh, that South Carolina last year completes 54 percent of their passes when losing by one to seven points with six touchdowns and five interceptions, uh, and I think the point of that is they just could not get efficient quarterback play, Travis, in that situation, and I think you and I both agree that Rattler has the physical tools, but, but, but Trev in a situation like this, when they're trailing in the fourth quarter, um, uh, it, does he have the experience and the maturity to push them through some of these situations.
0: Yeah, it has almost a JT Daniels feel to it a little bit. Right, But I'm with you. Uh, South Carolina isn't built like Oklahoma. At Oklahoma, you could gamble a little bit, right? Take a few chances. And if you turned it over, or even if it was a borderline catastrophic situation that came as a result of a turnover for a team like Oklahoma – there was still enough around you. There was still enough to bounce back and recover from that and have a chance to win. I, I don't South Carolina's not built that way. So no. it's going to absolutely require some improved maturity, uh, increased maturity from Spencer Rattler because patience is going to be required. And then, as you said, when the opportunity presents itself in close games late, um, uh, you got to be able to help get that team. You got to be able to lift all boats at the quarterback position at South Carolina. When the time comes, you don't need to try to go out there in the first quarter and throw for 400 yards and six touchdowns. No, absolutely Uh, not. But, but yes, there will be situations where they'll need him in some big spots and that's when he will absolutely need to produce. So as you can see or hear, we're going to have plenty to recap next Boy. week on Second Helping, and we're still going to have some spring games to preview in a week's time, Brent.
1: Well, uh, that's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, I mean, we're in the in the meat of the schedule right now, and again, as we mentioned, well, we've got a handful of games uh, next week. Hopefully, folks will be able to navigate their way around the <laughs> SEC Network Plus. Now, Trev, uh, well, we usually end with a big question here. My big question to you is this. Uh, Will there be a preventative strike on your part as far as Pops is concerned uh, to be sure that maybe a few hours uh, before that Florida spring game that he'll be confident at the helm that he can make the right calls in order to get that game on?
0: You know, he, he may not even watch it. He, he oh. may just watch, you know. He may watch Gun Chicago Smoke. Fire, you yeah. know, Chicago PD. He loves right. those shows. That he yeah. may watch Gunsmoke, you know. Um, yeah. We'll have to check. I, so far, so good though with pops and the uh of the chords. I, I haven't heard anything, so uh, yeah. that's been that's been the silence has been golden
1: uh, uh, on that front. And listen, by the way, Travis and I share notes together. One of the ones that. Uh, a, a couple last things here uh, from pick six previews. I give them credit for this. Boy, Florida's big three Florida, Florida State, Miami. The record in 2021 18 and 19. First combined losing season, Trav. And over 40 years, in 1979, is there any reason why we saw coaching changes and still some doubt and skepticism at Florida State?
0: Yeah, in Florida in '79, just about took care of that by itself. They were 0-1. Yeah, they together. did, didn't they? Yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah, actually made the trip to Gainesville with Pops that season to watch uh, Bobby Bowden and the Seminoles finish off yeah. that. <laughs> winless season for Charlie Pell. Yeah, at the time, the late Charlie Pell in uh, the Gators way back. Larry Ochab a quarterback, Doctor O for the Gators back in 1979. Brent, as always, a lot of fun. Certainly hope you have a great Easter weekend, my friend. Safe travels.
1: Appreciate that, and uh, hope everybody can be with their families and enjoy themselves. I were uh, our granddaughter has that eighth birthday, Travis, coming up on Friday. She made. She yeah. made her she made her first goal in soccer nice. uh, uh this week uh and um uh I think I heard her mother scream uh, from <laughs> Georgia down here, so yeah. uh, uh what we will uh, what we will look forward to that, but uh yeah, see it's gonna be a, a busy weekend of spring games and more to come and again, with her eye on that may one. Uh, deadline date that's going to be so critical for the SEC and other conferences.
0: Absolutely. And for Brent Beard, Travis Ryer, thanking you as always for joining us here on Second Helping. And if you haven't already, how about a subscription to the Second Helping podcast? If you'd leave us a rating and a review while you're there, that would be greatly appreciated. For Brent, Executive Producer Bill Oakley, Travis Ryer, hope you have a great holiday weekend, everybody. And until next time, so long, everybody.